You're listening to Make It Happen, a podcast for curious, big-hearted, purpose-driven creatives. I'm your host, Jane Carrington, and this is episode number five. Welcome to the show everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. We are now officially halfway through this second season of the show and I really hope that you're enjoying it so far. For today's episode, I'm joined by Violetta Nedkova and we talk all things marketing, being authentic online and embracing a rebellious mindset in business and creativity. We have a really, really fun chat about our approaches to marketing and business and also share some practical advice for anyone listening to. Let's jump in. Hi Violetta, welcome to the show. Hi Jen, thanks for having me here. Of course, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Do you want to tell people who you are, where you're from and what you do and kind of give them a bit of introduction to who you are? So um, my name is Violetta Nedkova, I'm from Bulgaria. I'm a creative business owner uh, right now. I'm helping uh, creative rebels start and grow their businesses. That sounds awesome. The thing that I really found about you when we first kind of became internet friends is that you're just like the most supportive person. Like you're just, you're on there tw- on Twitter and you're just kind of like supporting people and sharing really cool things. So that is something I really loved about you. And the first way I actually discovered what you do is through your Medium post. Well, it was a Medium post, but it's also a blog post, which I figured out later on is how I became my own boss by side hustling and doing what I love. And I love this post because I feel like the story of the side hustler is both important and also like really relevant to most people when they're jumping into becoming their own boss and I also really love just the insights you shared because I really really related to what you found helped you make those steps moving forward so I don't know if you want to kind of share people the concept like what you learned from becoming your own boss by side hustling and doing what you love because maybe that will give people a really good insight into your story and also kind of people who are exactly right there with you and kind of um yeah the biggest things you learned from that yeah it sounds good well basically um at the end of the year I just kind of knew that a a big transformation has happened in my life so I just needed to put it down in words which which is what I do and um Actually, the first lesson was uh, that I learned was that you, you know, you're in your head a lot, you know, and you have these voices in there, and they determine, um, you know, the things you do. For example, if you're putting yourself down, uh, you feel bad, you don't attract good things, and you just, you're just not doing, you're not fulfilling everything you can be, and. Um, the problem there is like most of us think that way, you know, it's, it's not an encouraging voice in your head. It's mostly like, you know, oh, you did this wrong and oh my God, you sounded so bad on that podcast, for example. And, um, you know, you look so awkward on that video and, and it's, maybe it's a Bulgarian thing. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe other, you know, people don't have this problem, but for me, it was a huge transformation from, hey, you did this, did this wrong, you know, this was awful, to, hey, you did, did this okay, you know, you're going to do better next time, let's take a break, you know, just being nice to yourself goes a long way. Um, and the other thing that I learned is to save money. <laughs> oh, my God. Just save as much money as you can if you're, like, planning a huge creative project because it's going to take a long time and energy and money to make it happen 
you can't just, you know, I mean, a lot of people bootstrap, but um, that's not sustainable long term. So you have to really think about your finances in a smarter way because I, I used to just like, you know, make money, spend money. <laughs> and and in reality, you just need to have something to invest in your new business, which is what I did. And now still live on the, off the, those savings because I'm still growing into the business um, I want to develop uh, this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that once even you've like built a business that's even bringing in what you want it to bring in like I think being smart about money is so important because all you need is one bad month or one unforeseen like all you need is your car to need fixing for everything to go out the window so I really really learned this past year to like be really smart with my finances and see my finances not as something to just go and spend and fill up my home with crap that I don't really need but something to prepare me and support me in life and something to take away the anxiety because there's nothing worse than not knowing when you're going to be able to pay rent and so like yeah I I I love I remember when I read this post in your line was I became my own boss because I worked hard saved my money and just started something and I think that saved my money and then that last line of just starting something because I wonder if that's just the magic of it like I just started something and kind of sometimes it's like taking a leap before you're even ready yeah. because that's the only way to get ready did you find that too yeah totally I was not ready at all I'm never ready when I start things I just jump into them but I've noticed that the the less I think I mean like uh, sometimes I would post something like don't think just do <laughs> on Twitter and people would be like yeah but you need to think you know you need a strategy and I'm like blushing behind the screen because like I prefer to do because then I get more done. And if I made a mistake, you know, I'm going to fix it. But if I overthink something, it's never going to get done. Yeah. And I'm a big, big believer in intuition and listening to, I'm not a very big woo-woo person, but I really have found like the power of my intuition and just kind of listening to it even when it's not fully formed. So like my intuition will tell me when to just leap and do something, but it also will tell me when to not do something and it's it served me quite well so far yeah exactly your gut knows best yeah 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 and I just kind of and I but I I see a lot of people and I think for a lot of people it's that kind of not feeling ready holds people back from just leaping in even just like a side hustle like or the kind of not believing that they're capable of it which is what you said at the very beginning and I think that holds people back so much is just not and I love that the first thing you mentioned in this post that I when I first found you was you surrounded yourself with great people and and I think that's the most important thing that like I love that you wrote that because I think that's so important yeah totally I I could not be here where I am without people last year you know every time I start a creative project I just leap into the community because I know that Without the people, without the connections, I, I would not be a happy and be, you know, known in the, uh, in the industry. And, and the thing about, you know, like growing, if people know what you do, they're more likely to come to you. It's, it's like a lot of people who come to me for coaching, for example, they say, you know, I'm afraid of putting myself out there. And I'm like, but this is something, by the way, Marie for for Leo says as well. Um, and I'm like, you know, if if you don't put yourself out there in your own words, how are people going to know about your awesomeness? You know, how are you going to bring these amazing projects to to life? Like, do, 
uh, wouldn't you feel bad for those projects that they would never be realized if you if you failed because of a lack of marketing? Um, it's like without marketing, it just it just can't happen the way it's supposed to. It can't grow. So I think I think a lot of people don't realize what marketing is. It, I like to say that it is what we make it because, like for example, you do it via you know writing and podcasts and you know just connecting to people and just talking to them and that's great because that that like nourishes this word of mouth culture and and that's enough marketing for you for example for other people it's going to be social like for me it's mostly twitter you know i just kind of put myself out there because i'm not shy and you know say what i i want to say um connect with people and just like like you said support them because i feel like um, I need to support and and therefore other people need it too and I like to give it first so that I get it in return but not in the way I want to get support but just just because everyone's wonderful and I just want to acknowledge that yeah you know? definitely so I think marketing is just your strengths you know what you I'm good at writing so that's what I'm doing I'm also good at Twitter that's what I'm doing and obviously I'm not really good at Pinterest or Instagram, so I don't do it. You know, I don't have to because, like, uh, because you you only have to bet on your strengths to to succeed, to grow, and so on and so on. You you can branch out later, but right now, especially at the start, you just have to do what you're good at, you know, and what you love also because. If I didn't love Twitter, I would not be doing it. And I would not be so good at it. You know, like, if I'm doing something just because I have to, I'm not going to get these amazing results, you know? Yeah, I love that you brought up marketing because one of the things I really wanted for us to dig into today was the kind of, because you, your business is all for creative rebels, which I really love. And I think that the mindset of a creative rebel eventually fuels how a creative rebel will market themselves but it's like to go back to the creative rebels kind of like what do you how do you define a creative rebel um creative rebel is someone who knows who they are and they don't conform so much as they um try to stand out but not in a way to like i want to stand out i want to be unique but they know they're unique and they know who they are and therefore they stand out by by default you know, it's who they are. Um, it, I think every person can be a creative rebel, um, but most people are just raised or, you know, led to believe that, you know, fitting in is very important. Obviously, uh, it's been a huge theme in my life. Um, I never fit in, ever, anywhere. I didn't fit in high school. I didn't fit in, you know, in my uh, primary school. Um, after... Uh, in university kind of but you know up until like 20 years old I was just like this this kind of isolated kid um so I didn't understand why why I couldn't fit in you know and why people didn't like me but it was because I didn't accept that being different was acceptable like you know like I was in a an environment where you had to fit in especially here in Bulgaria it's, it's all about uh, fitting in and if you don't fit in you feel like there's something wrong with you so you can't show the world your awesomeness because you're hiding it you're like I want to be like everyone else you 
you're careful about what you say, what you, how you dress, and so on. And that's been like like a life lesson for me because the moment I I realized that being unique is a strength, you know, an advantage, I just kind of learned to show up fully, you know, fully myself, authentic, and and I still struggle, you know, because you you go into a a new industry and you're like, oh, you know, I like what this person does and and uh, what this person's even design looks like, but I just kind of um, have to step back and say, okay, so so what does my design have to look like? Like, what do I need it to look like? What what do I need to say to people? You know, regardless of everyone else. Um, and I think I think a lot of my favorite people online are creative rebels because they they have something unique to say, and they're not afraid to say it. And, and thus they're kind of popular because, you know, everyone likes a unique person. Yeah, definitely. And I totally get you what you mean about the kind of pressure to fit in. And then sometimes you naturally just don't like one of my um, one of my favorite people on the internet. She's called Trista, Trista Deadman, and she calls it being a creative weirdo. <laughs> and I think that's like the, the perfect way to describe it, too. And it's kind of like if you naturally don't fit into like maybe conventions or just natural kind of. Like, um, I call it organized fun. <laughs> like, if you don't naturally fit into, like, organized communities or you don't naturally fit into organized ways of thinking or traditional ways of thinking, it kind of leads to that mindset of being a rebel. And I always think being a rebel is choosing to question everything mm-hmm. and choosing to prioritize what you believe to be important instead of what maybe your community or your industry is telling you is most important to you. I think it's being more active and present and conscious in the way you approach your work, your life, yeah, exactly. your impact. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it. I love that you kind of are putting that message out there. And I think like um, that kind of seems to lead in really well into talking about marketing as a creative rebel because I know this is something that you are a big expert about I know you really know your stuff when it comes to marketing I think people listening I think two things that I've noticed with people is marketing in general is quite stressful for people people it's not always easy to sell yourself and number two if you're a creative rebel and your work is really mean something to you you don't want to market in a way that feels against your values and that feels against your natural way of being and I'm a big believer in showing up and selling ourselves and marketing ourselves in a way that is true to how we show up as a person in the world so for you kind of what does authentic marketing look like for creative rebels um yeah it's definitely all about betting on your strengths and just being who you are in marketing and I don't know. I, I'm just gonna take a step back and tell you why this happened. Like, um, I had a falling out with marketing last year. Um, I had a moment where I didn't want to do it anymore. And and we're talking about something that I'm good at naturally. So like, it, it comes easy. It comes naturally, and and it's uh, you know pleasant. So so I enjoy it. But at some point, I had learned so many you know methods and tactics from experts and stuff and. It was all jumbled in my head, and I, I wasn't sure which path to take, what to try next. Like, everything was just so not me, you know? Like, so few things fit me in the way I would do it. And then I realized, oh my God, what? why am I trying to, to like, put together a piece of other people's th- thoughts when I can collect mine in a, in a puzzle? You know, like instead of making my own puzzle, I was making other people's. And so I just, 
I had this aha moment last year in, in the summer after I'd been working with startups on growth marketing and stuff like that, I realized that it didn't fit me at all. I would I would be more interested in retention, sustainability, slow, you know, steady growth and just like really more authentic and people-centered um, strategies. And, and, you know, growth hacking wasn't that. So I was like, okay, so what can I come up with that could be more like my kind of marketing? And the minute I freed myself from having to do stuff like other people, you know, I just said, okay, I'm just going to call it authentic marketing because like people, I mean, the, the phrase is mentioned in some, some places, but it's not defined. So I'm like, okay, I can just, you know, try to define this, try to, to make like a strategy because that's what I do. I like um, putting together, you know, entire structures for things. So, so I would put a structure and I would put a name and I would start doing it myself to show how it's done and just like talk to people about it and just help people free themselves from the expectation to conform to those kinds of strategies that are out there talked about by the experts. Also, for anyone listening who doesn't know what growth marketing or growth hacking is, do you kind of want to just fill them in? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Growth hacking is uh, something popular in the startup circles. Basically, if you have a startup, you want to grow it as fast as possible because, you know, pressure is high. And especially if you have funding and stuff, basically it's a different um, environment. So you have to really grow fast. And if you want to grow fast, you you kind of think of short-term solutions for the moment, like hacks, like for example, uh, one of my favorite hacks is um, like leaking your products on torrent sites uh, so that people would have access to it and, and go to your site as a result. And that I, I thought that was creative. Kind of weird, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it's creative, but I wonder, I've always wondered with growth hacking is like you said, it's like a a short-term solution and maybe it's because it so naturally goes against I I literally embrace slow marketing yeah me too <laughs> I'm such I'm I will I I'm an advocate for I'm like an evangelist what's the word like I just really believe in slow marketing yeah. in yeah in my own business in my in anyone's business because I think it has more it may have sl- less short-term result but I think it's more long-term results so it's so maybe naturally growth hacking to me makes me not roll my eyes but it just feels unnatural to how I would market but I always just wonder like oh how effective is that in the long-term growth of your business but I guess startup culture and people listen to this show who are like freelancers and creatives it's such a different business um goals anyway that it's like we, everyone can probably shelf growth hacking <laughs> but, but curious because you have so much experience in growth hacking what would you say are some things you learned from growth hacking that you do think if there are any that are relevant to people who are running creative and freelance businesses huh that's an interesting question that i'm not sure i can answer <laughs> um or, or is it that don't employ growth hacking strategies for a freelance creative business yeah i i Okay, I can tell you this for sure. Um, when you when you get to a point where you do something that you love and you're good at and everything is going great, uh, you usually um, you know spend a lot a, a lot of time beforehand 
um, doing things that you didn't like. So, for example, like to find the prince, you had to kiss a lot of frogs. <laughs> so basically, I kissed a lot of frogs. <laughs> I, I did so many things and so many creative projects and so many stages of my creative journey so far. And growth hacking was one step on my creative ladder. So basically, I'm, I learned a lot from it. Um, but I also learned what I, I mostly learned what I don't want to do with my marketing. Um, mm. that's, that's what I learned from growth hacking. Um, but truth be told, I mean, growth hacking can be sustainable over time. I know that uh, there are some, some genius growth marketers out there. But the thing is that there's a stigma that comes with the, the word hacking. You know, a hack is something mm. fast and quick and short term. But in reality, there, there could be some, some um, strategies that can last over, over time. But I, I don't know. I feel like authentic marketing is so, so different from growth hacking because growth hacking, you see, is for startups. They're products. They don't, products don't have personalities. You know, they don't, like, um, authentic marketing is for people. That's what, mm. you know, people come to me and they say, okay, uh, you know, I need a growth marketer. And I'm like, okay, but I don't work with startups anymore. And they're like, why not? What's the difference? Um, and I'm <laughs> like, you know, one is a person and one is a product. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I just want to help people cater their marketing to the, their own personality. And you can't do that within a startup because there are many people in there and that's not the priority there. You know, the priority is to use, I don't know, psychological tricks and stuff to, to sell a product. But that's, that's like fiction. You know, you're, you're um, thinking of new ways to promote something. But it's not, it's not like I, I felt no connection to these products because, because I didn't have a, a brand. I didn't have like when I had my own startup. I wanted to just have something that's mine, that I could call mine, but I couldn't call it mine because it was something different from me. So basically what I wanted is to encourage people to have personal brands because like a personal brand is like an umbrella for your business. So when it rains, when something goes wrong, when, when people are looking for you online, they're going to find your brand and everything under that, that brand is you, you know, and and like, even if it changes in time, you can change it because people like you for who you are and not for, for the products you offer. So basically they buy you instead of whatever course you're selling. Yeah, no, this is why I really, really adopt a slow marketing mindset. As I totally agree. And I, I, you, slow marketing for anyone listening as well this is how I kind of think of slow marketing maybe you think of it differently but um I kind of think of it it's like it's building it's it's marketing in a way that is totally authentic and totally human so you're talking to people on a very personal level you're, you're putting your personality and your passion into your content and you're not trying to people have this theory that you can sell someone has to touch in terms of come to your website seven times before they're going to buy from you I kind of I, I think of that when we're thinking about soul marketing in the sense that I don't want to sell to someone straight away when they first come to my site. I don't want to sell to someone the second time they come to my site. I don't want to sell to them on the third time that they come to my site. I want to build a relationship. Exactly. That, 
that will lead to hopefully two things number one me hopefully having well three things me hopefully having some impact in them with them in their journey even through my free content number two building a relationship with this person isn't that pretty much as creative as what we're all doing building connections building relationships creating sharing having conversations in whatever way we do that and then number three yes I'm running a business there's bills to pay there's going to be money to be made but and from my own personal experience when you someone buys especially if you're a one-on-one if you're doing service-based um if you're a service-based business when someone hires you who's engaged with your brand over a longer period of time almost always you're going to have a stronger client relationship because they get your message they get your point of view they really understand how you can help them and they've built trust in a way with you that makes the client that entire client process way more easier to get into yeah. and way more effective yeah, and, and results are going to be different for example yesterday i bought a book because someone recommended it and when i started reading it i realized that like it wasn't so fit to my values so basically mm-hmm. what i did was buy something because someone else liked it but obviously they liked it doesn't mean that i would like like it so so when you build that relationship like you said you um, the results are always going to be different because because they will know that you can help them. And when they buy your thing, you will help them. Yeah, no, it's, it's so funny you said that about the book because I kind of have any kind of like self-development or business or personal growth books at the moment. I found that I only go out and actually buy a book if I've either heard someone I truly, truly, who I know has the same values as me recommend it or if I hear them on a podcast. There are so many books that I've went and bought recently because I've heard them being interviewed on a podcast because I connect with them. And this is so funny. The other day I was in, so Waterstones is like the British bookstore and I was in there and I saw a book and I was like, that sounds interesting but I'm gonna google to see if they've been in any podcasts <laughs> so I can listen to them before I give my brain to them because what happens is whether it's a book an e-course a podcast a coaching service whatever it is if you're investing in someone you're giving them space into your own mind mm-hmm. yeah you're giving them permission by in a way to affect the way you think and interact with your work or your life and I think we as creative rebels especially really have to protect our space and only let things in that can actually help us because and that's this is why I love authentic marketing because it doesn't just help business owners sell it helps consumers yeah buy things that are going to change their lives and so it's a kind of a bit of a win-win situation I don't know if you think of it like that yeah and yeah I think of it the same way I mean like uh, right now for example with blogs uh, um, I would only tweet things that resonate with my own values uh, which which attracts um, the people who kind of think and feel like me so for example before it was more scattered now it's more focused and people really appreciate my focusing on something that resonates with them so i wouldn't waste yeah. my time with with something else and by the way um i have like literally two or three bloggers that i stalk <laughs> because because <laughs> the values are the same as mine so i even have a twitter list with some people who have uh, similar values so basically when i feel like i need some inspiration i go to them instead of you know going to ted or <laughs> whatever yeah, no, I, I think surrounding yourself with people who, even if their business model looks different, even if their life looks different, if your values are the same, you can really grow from them yeah. and really, really find that kind of support that you need in your journey. Because when people surround themselves with people whose values are clashing to them, it can do one of two things. I think it can challenge you to really 
own your values and really realize why they're important to you but it also can just distract you especially if you see someone with success maybe you see someone with success that you'd like but with values that are against yours if you take their insights to build your own success but it's against your own values as a business owner and as a person and as a creative you're kind of building something a bit empty for yourself and it's dangerous because you're just going to feel really scared along the way so yeah values for me is just as important as expertise when I'm looking for voices that I want to surround myself with so when it comes to authentic marketing say someone is listening and they're like okay guys I've heard you ramble on for half an hour (laughs) about these things but how can you help me so I guess say someone's listening and they're like okay I want to build I want to market I'm going to google no we're going to hopefully have some things to guide you towards slow marketing but um I they want to market in an authentic way but they have no idea where to start what would you encourage them to go and do next well um the first thing they need is a well apart from the mentality thing you know like the, the first first thing that I recommend people who want to start something is obviously like overcome mental blocks because like this is huge I have lived for years with those in, within those mental blocks and like um, I have been self-sabotaging and just like fearing success, fearing failure, just, just like being a slave to fear. And I feel like a lot of people are like that. Uh, when they come to me, they just say things and I ask them questions and they say, you know, I'm afraid of this and this and this. And um, I think we creatives are prone to, to fear, but... We really have to, to, to find what we're afraid of, see why, and, and just kind of come up with a method to, to overcome that. Because obviously, um, you know, you have to, life is full of uh, scary things, but you just have to plow through them. <laughs> and, and if you can't, if you're self-sabotaging or just like stopping just before, you know, breakthrough, because I've done this many times, um, you just have to seriously see what's at the center of those fears because you you need like your core the the purpose of your business before you can do anything. But if you want to be serious right now, like this year, um, just find th- this purpose because once I did last last uh, July, I was reborn. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever I create right now. It's going to be under this umbrella, under this idea, you know, of creative rebels. And and my purpose was something like, I want to help. So the exercise is the one to help uh, blank. You know, who do you want to help? So basically, I want to help people like me, you know, multi-passionates, creative rebels, uh, people who struggle with too many ideas and big dreams and so on. And then... Uh, with what do you want to help them? What do you ha- want to help them with? And uh, for me, it's, for example, authentic marketing, being more authentic in their marketing, um, thinking of uh, marketing, uh, coming up with a marketing strategy that doesn't make them puke. <laughs> and um, because I've, I've had those. <laughs> and, and finally, um, so who do you want to help? What do you want to help them with? And why? This is your why. You know Simon Sinek, his famous, infamous talk, a TED talk, um, Start With Why. I think it's a book, um, How Creative Rebels. The TED talk was called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And his, his talk was great because, because it illustrated everything I hate about how people start thinking about marketing. You know, 
I think it's it's in everything. Like if you're gonna think about design, if you're gonna think about marketing, if you think about business, whatever you're thinking about, you have to start with why. Why are you doing this? You know, what's the purpose? Uh, you know, what what is the deep reason actually for for you doing this? For for me, it was because I have struggled with it many years because you know it was a huge theme in my life and. And I realized that if, if someone had helped me, I could have, you know, um, it could have been easier. So basically, I'm, I'm trying to help myself two years ago, <laughs> but actually helping other people. Um, and I think when you have the purpose for your, for your business, for your brand, for your entire, you know, new idea, creative idea, um, from there you can do a lot of things and, and it doesn't have to be just marketing or just design or when you have the message, the main message, you don't have to choose one thing. You can, you can explore different things, but under the same values. Yeah. I really, really, really believe in people kind of honing in on their values, honing in that message, honing in their why. But I also think it's also really important to hone in on like the what, because um, I can't remember where I read this. I'm going to try and remember what I read and put it in the links. But I read a post on why our why shouldn't be the most important thing in our business. And this was hard for me to listen to and I really read because I really believe that our why is important, but it made a really good point around something about how if your business is only driven by your why for other people, sooner or later, you will lose sight of what you're trying to build for yourself. And I think it's really important that we know why we're here to help other people, but like Elizabeth Gilbert says in um, Big Magic, it's like not become a martyr to the cause and make sure that we're building something that is fulfilling us and make sure that we're building something that aligns with our vision for our life and make sure something... I don't. Have you read Essentialism by Greg Mc... Not yet, but uh, a lot of people recommend it. Yeah, I'm halfway through it and something... I, I knew from like seventh page in that this was going to be like one of my favorite ever books because <laughs> the concept that he puts out there is like um, too many people are trying to do everything whereas we should just do what's going to lead us to having our highest level of contribution in everywhere like in our relationships and our work in our families all those kind of things and I love that what's the highest level contribution that you want to have to a significant need through the work that you want to do and then how can you market yourself in a way that helps you fulfill that highest level contribution and build your and for me build your values around that and so say for you a value is um vulnerability like for me one of my core values is vulnerability I really believe in um especially the work I do with people it, it can get quite intimate not intimate but it can get it can dig deep into things that they're going into so how the hell is it my place to ask someone to be vulnerable with me to go on a journey if I'm not willing to be vulnerable to does that make sense and like another thing I value is kind of making space for all for people to figure realize that they already have all the answers that they need in their head I mean everyone needs strategies and tools and like different exercises to try but everyone has everything they need to jump off with already in their head have you found that too yeah totally everyone has everything already at their fingertips it's, it's amazing how how people stop themselves from from being their whole self uh, you know you know this um i really like this thing about potential um i like to say that you're not trying to be who you are you're trying to be who you can be definitely i think potential is um 
people just need space to tap into their potential and utilize it and give it permission I think something that I see so many people struggle with is not they don't even recognize what like their gifts that they don't even recognize their strengths or their gifts or even before we started recording we laughed over um so am I as Briggs types Violetta is an E-N you're an you're an ENFP and I'm an INFP and this (laughs) kind of sounds like a funny thing that people are always like oh Myers Briggs but I don't know about you Violetta but when I discovered my Myers Briggs and explored it and number one was like oh my god I'm not a freak other people are like me (laughs) and number yeah because I um the INFPs it was like you're only in like three percent of the population and one of the core things was like people don't always understand you and I was like I understand now but it really gave me permission to you know on Twitter you would not believe how many ENFPs have reached out to me (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny though isn't it because like recognizing how your brain works recognizing your strengths recognizing what drives you what motivates you what inspires you what wakes you up every morning like that is a tool that no nothing can teach you apart from you giving yourself the space to accept it acknowledge it and use it exactly You know, as we speak, um, my weekly is being sent out. And in it, I talked exactly about this, how I read this book and it just made me realize how I think. So basically, it's it's this personality test, Strengths Finder. So the book is called Now Discover Your Strengths. And basically, um, you come up with the top five strengths you have. And and there's so many questions, like 107 or something, but... But in the end, I got five strengths that I really thought about really hard, and, and, and it's absolutely true. But you don't think, oh, my God, how do I think? You know, um, I, I think in strategic ways, you know, cause and effect. But I didn't really realize it before. I would just not put it in words. I would just uh, accept it as a given. So someone would point out to me something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like this. But it's not a strength. It's just like something that I have big deal whatever (laughs) and you don't realize how it's going to help you in your business but once you pinpoint who you really are and what what your strengths and weaknesses are because weaknesses are important too you can build your entire strategy schedule business around it around those yeah oh god that's if that's like if people take one thing away from this episode that would be the biggest thing i would encourage is that don't build your marketing strategy on on anything like build it on your strengths your weaknesses your what how you're naturally most your full self because everyone's their full self in lots of different ways and and to build a marketing strategy is way more than just reading a list of 10 ways to market your brand but it's way more about understanding who you are and how you show up and how people connect with you as a person like are you a storyteller or are you you know do you get people excited like the different ways that you show up and have resonance with people and impact take the time to figure that out it's not this book Violetta if you will let me know that book if you also Violetta's weekly is awesome it's like a dose of smart inspiration every single week but if you would let me know that book so I can put it in the links below because I, I don't actually believe that for many of us it's not an easy path to go just by ourselves to take some self-development some reading around the subject even like you said like investing in a coach or something like that to help you dig deeper into these things I I think um, I'm currently reading essentialism I definitely would recommend that to other people or just go and just go and do your Myers-Briggs 
like personality tests and just see what it says because for me that was the first step into me truly understanding my personality way more than just where I sit on like the introvert extrovert scale you know it I went deeper in it than just that yeah absolutely I I would say that is the first step yes just forget the other steps <laughs> no but no like purpose and all those things are so important I totally agree with you and I just think um I don't know like I feel like the work we both do is so much even just about like empowering people to use themselves to their full capacity to have their highest contribution through their work I'm using all all these buzzwords that I've learned in books recently (laughs) but you know I think I mentioned you in one of my in my new course and I was like you know Jen kind of encourages you to be you And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like the first thing I thought about you is that through your writing, you just kind of give up, give off this authentic vibe. And and when I read it, I want, I don't want, you, I I don't want to be you. I want to be me. And that's the most magical part. Like usually you read something and you're like, oh, this is brilliant. I'm gonna try it. But you, you kind of encourage people to be themselves, and that's that's really good. That has made my day because that is what I'm going for. So thank you. And honestly, like um, this, like I, I have two things that I love in the world. No, no, that's the lie. That's my cats and my boyfriend. But I have two things that I really love within the capacity of my work. And number one is when I get to work with clients who love content as much as I do. That's one of my favorite things. Number two, when I get to talk to other creatives who kind of doing the work that I'm doing too. So even though it's very varied, but like content marketing or authentic marketing or creative rebels or giving people mission, all those kind of things. So this has been everyone listening I hope you've enjoyed this episode but on a selfish part it's been so fun just to jam with you about marketing and all these things because it's so nice that we're on the same wavelength and I think um I would please like everyone listening like go and check out Violetta's blog and go and check out the side hustle post especially if you are looking to give yourself permission just to leap into something but as we wrap up the question that I ask well what are you making happen this year everyone listening this show is all about starting a conversation about making things happen what are you making happen in 2016 oh boy that's a lot of of question because like um just last week uh those those guys from the student loans company oh no don't talk to me about that (laughs) and oh my god they were like oh you know five years is have passed <laughs> and I'm like oops um so I think um you know my word for this year actually I have two words for this year one is sustainability and one is um joy so mm-hmm. basically one offsets the other because if you focus on sustainability you're gonna be like okay how can I make money <laughs> you know how can I make this sustain itself but on the other hand I'm just going to do my best to enjoy the process to getting to sustainability this year. I mean, I know it's crazy to get to sustainability in the first year of business, but I think I can do it. If, if I put all of my you know, energy and love and heart and just all of my strengths into it, I think it's possible. So I, I encourage anyone who's listening to just do the same, to just put everything you've got into what you really want to create for yourself this year or next or whatever I love that and I love um yeah sustainability is I think a a word that should be spoken about more because anyone like it's not about making a lot of money in one day it's about making enough money to sustain yourself for a year for two years for all the way up until retirement and I think um, it's not the sexy side of money but it's the side that we all understand when we get 
those student loan letters and <laughs> with all the interest on the student loan. Yeah, especially if you're if you're a crazy person who changes their moods a lot, yeah. <laughs> and and you're like, uh, okay, I don't feel like writing today. So if you have a system for you know you've you've uh, written some blog posts already, you have a system to fall back on. So so you have that done. So you can relax and you know do whatever you like. Yeah, no, yeah, de- definitely. <laughs> and, and 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 for the student loans, it's a one hundred percent worse when you're self-employed. So you just get one big bill at the end of the year. <laughs> most people like like in the UK, like when when you're self-employed, you'll when you pay your tax return, you just get your student loan mm. payments, and you just have to pay it all in one go. What? And I, yeah, yeah, it's like not the whole loan, but like whoever they say, so however much percentage of your earnings that you owe to your student loan, and that just feels painful to me and I sat there and I was like was my degree I don't use my well my degree was in social work so it kind of makes sense to what I do but I'm not a social worker and um I just sometimes I regret that degree so much but then I'm like no you know what I learned I found my I found my boyfriend at uni I didn't find him he but we met at uni and like I had a good time but yeah don't get me started I'll try and not rant about student loans too much you know I've learned in my you know, 29 years of life, that that um, everything you do teaches you something. So even the crappiest, crappiest thing that you might regret um, has taught you something. And I would never just regret anything because, like, it's been so valuable. It's gotten me here. Isn't it amazing where we are? Yeah, that is the mindset I take with me. <laughs> every day is like whatever was before got me here and I love here and I'm just and even when I don't love here because some days of you I'm gonna get really moody not very often but even when life is tough I think having gratitude for where you are and for the privileges that we all have as human beings when we you know when when we have safety and when we have food and then we have all those kind of things I just think yeah practicing gratitude is a huge thing so yes thank you for that in in terms of self-help if anyone wants to help themselves it's just if you're grateful it just attracts more positive things and that's maybe the biggest small habit you can like literally develop today you know just be grateful for three things tomorrow be grateful for three more things and then just like go like this every day and eventually you're just gonna forget all those mental blocks and those you know mindset holes and just everything that's holding you behind yeah no I love that and and to wrap up so then how can everyone listening who's probably like excited to get off the episode and go explore who you are (laughs) online and check out your twitter and check out your blog and check out your turn up for your weekly how can they get involved with what you do and how can they support you along the way in 2016 with your year of sustainability and joy (laughs) well basically everything i've got is on uh, my blog my weekly and uh, on my twitter feed so on my twitter feed you know i share everything cool that i find that i that i think creative rebels will like so that's uh at violetta netkova and then uh, my website is violettanetkova.com <laughs> it's it's uh, a common name in bulgaria but i was lucky that no other violetta netkova was you know that uh <laughs> i guess entrepreneurial in bulgaria i don't know <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, on my website uh, slash blog is everything I share every week. I mean, I I write everything. I think about about everything I know. 
And in the weekly, I kind of share more transparency and resources every week because, like, I, I feel like it's a, like a letter to to my, you know, subscribers. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna write to my sub subscribers, and it feels like writing to friends, you know, like. Like uh, years ago, it would have been just like sitting on a desk and writing on a piece of paper. But now it's just like writing on MailChimp. <laughs> and I love it. So that's my favorite part, actually. Oh, I can relate. I love, I love weekly letters. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you for making the time to come on to this today. Well, thank you so much, Jen. I've really enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Violetta. As always, you can dig into the show notes over at makeithappenpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, do come and let me know over on Twitter. You can catch me at Jen underscore Carrington, and I'd love to connect with you there. Look out for brand new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. And until next time, I hope you have a great day ahead.